everyone. Welcome to episode five of the All Hat No Cattle podcast. I'm Joel Montfort, and with me is my wife, Angelica. Hi, y'all. We're 261 days from the November elections. Early voting for the primary starts this Tuesday, February 20th, 2024. Literally just around the corner. I know. Wow. Wow. It it goes by fast. Yeah. Um, Topics we're going to discuss today. um, Historical voting data in Texas and voter suppression. Right. Right. And I want to interrupt and say just a little about all hat, no cattle, what our mission is. We have a mission to flip the Texas house. That is 100% our focus. We only need 12, I don't have enough fingers, to take the majority in the Texas house. And we can't accomplish this without donations. So if you're enjoying our podcast and you believe Democrats need to help stop the insanity that is currently Texas politics, thanks to the GOP, then we hope you will go visit our website, allhat-nocattle.com, and see what we're all about, and please consider donating, because without your donations, we can't do this. Okay, moving on. All right, so here are a few stats for you. Um, According to recently released data from the Secretary of State, there are roughly 18 million registered voters in Texas today. Um, there were only 16.1 million four years ago. Right. Big number. Yeah. yeah. And of, yeah. of the registered voters, how many of those registered actually get out and vote? Yeah. Um, here's some fun numbers. Um, in 2008, 2012, 2016, um, 59% of registered voters voted in the presidential race. Um, in 2020, that number jumped to 67% of registered voters Huge voted. Um, How close have Democratic candidates actually come uh, to winning in Texas? Um, Biden came within 520,000 votes of uh, beating Trump and um, with 46.5 percent of the vote. Um, In prior races, Hillary received 43 percent of the vote. Obama's reelection campaign got 41 percent. And his first run in 2008 got 43 percent. So the numbers are going in the right direction is what you're telling me. I think that's what I'm telling you. So you're saying there's a chance. Um, Texans cast 5.26 million votes for Joe Biden. Impressive. So impressive. I like this little statistic because a lot of people out there think we are a very red GOP controlled state. The reality is that big number is the second largest batch of people voting for Biden in the country, only behind California. Wow. The closest race in Texas since Jimmy Carter, way back in 1976, that's also a big thing to know about Biden's uh, effort last cycle. No doubt, I mean, those are big numbers we're starting to put up in this state as we move towards being purple. And then lastly, let's not forget what happened with Beto in 2018 when he ran up against Ted Cruz. He came within 219,000 votes of beating Cruz. So, I mean, the bottom line, Democrats are starting to put up some real fierce competition in the state. And we know. The Texas GOP hates that. Yeah. So (laughs) in short, more Democrats are voting. Yes. Voter turnout is up significantly. Yes. So what do you do if you're the Texas GOP shaking in your boots, trying to keep your stranglehold on? 
You roll up your sleeves and you... Suppress the vote. Like nobody's business. (laughs) Uh, So Texas has the most difficult voter registration process in the country. Right. Um, It's not by accident. So here's the scoop. You don't think. Do you you want to tell us about what what it takes to register to vote in Texas, Joel? Well, you know, first thing to do, as we all know in Texas, uh, at least I think everybody knows this, but I've come to find out a lot of people don't. You have to register 30 days in advance. You just can't go somewhere and vote like in many states, especially a lot of blue states. You can't show up and show them the information and vote or whatever. No, no, no. In this state... If you haven't registered 30 full days before the election, you're out. You can't participate. Um, If you move, like anywhere within Texas, for example, let's say you move from Dallas to Collin County, something I've done, you have to go completely re-register. You can't vote. You can't say, hey, I lived in Dallas. I moved here. I need to vote. They'll be like, "Uh, sorry, you can't. You you need to re-register. So that basically, I mean, anybody who's moving around, you get screwed unless you go and re-register. Here's a big one, and this one's been court battle after court battle, is in Texas, you can't register online. You just positively can't do anything online. There has been some effort due to lawsuits. Now they say you can register to vote while you're renewing your driver's license, but that's pretty nominal. And as and we how all know, do renew our driver's license. Yeah, as right? we all know, how long does it take to get a driver's license appointment in this state? Oh my goodness. <laughs> We've got a couple of teens in this Longer house. than ever. We've been through this process. And uh, I think the last time it took three months and we had to drive to Fort Worth to get one of our teens what she needed to be a licensed driver. So um, that whole process is so foobar and to think that, oh, um, that's part of this plan to suppress the vote. If people can't get driver's licenses, you're less likely to vote. Let's just make it really inconvenient, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, one big thing, uh, if you're going to vote by mail in Texas, it's very, very limited. Mm. Voters can only vote by mail if you're disabled or you're over the age of 65. So basically that's a very small window of people who are even allowed to try to vote online. Now there were a lot of uh, back and forth during the COVID setup where they were trying to uh, make a situation in a lot of the counties where maybe people could stay at home and vote because of COVID and uh, those are in the early days and I, you know, um, that never got very far. And then of course COVID and the, all of that kind of wrapped up and quit doing um, being a problem, so to speak, even though it still is a problem, as we know. In 2011, Texas added the most restrictive voter ID registration in the country. Um, now, at that time in 2011, Texas had to get preclearance from the Department of Justice as part of the Voting Rights Act that was passed in the you know late 1960s. Any of the states that had a history of suppressing vote, poll taxes, all the things they did in the 19, early 1900s, all the way up to the 1950s, uh, any of those states that participated in that um, had to get clearance from the Department of Justice to uh, make any changes to their way people vote. So uh, Texas went in submitted this change you had to have an id and the department of justice rejected uh the request um what that ended up doing um is that 
Texas turned around and sued the federal government uh, saying that the constitutionality of Section 5 of the VRA, the Voting Rights Act, um, that requires preclearance is invalid. Uh, The surprising thing was, and this is when we kind of know the Supreme Court started sliding downhill. (laughs) In 2013, uh, the Supreme Court sided with Texas and invalidated the preclearance clause of the Voting Rights Amendment Act. Um, And what that allowed, I mean, what seems like a crazy thing, it allowed the floodgates to open in all of these southern states, which, of course, uh, it's now been a decade and we see the results of it. All of them are passing one voter uh, uh, right restriction act after another where they're just trying to suppress the vote. I mean, that's a long story short. Um, Fast forwarding after all that set up, I mean, the next big thing they did in 2017 uh, was eliminate straight ticket voting, which you think, well, what's the big deal there? Um, Straight ticket voting, for those of you who don't know, basically you could walk into the poll booth um, pull up your screen and say, I'm going to vote for all the Democrats. One button, hit submit, and you're done voting. It was very convenient. And at least for somebody like me, who I vote straight ticket, um, made it a lot easier because in a big county like Dallas or Collin or Harris or Travis, where you've got literally dozens of pages in some instances and could be dozens upon dozens of races all the way down to you know county judge and court district judges and stuff um we end up with a situation where we have a lot of undervoting going on people get lazy they don't know the candidates and they they come in um, especially people who vote every four years and um, there are unfortunately a lot of people who just go in and they vote for president and maybe they vote for senate um every step down the undervotes people who don't bother to vote for those positions, the undervoting gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And by the time you get all the way down to district court judge or something where you don't know the candidate, um, they have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of undervotes in, you know, the counties, thousands usually. Um, so it, it's, it's a big number. Um, and that's what getting rid of straight ticket voting did. Um, now there's a lot of research out there. Uh, I remember doing a lot of research and reading a lot of papers when I was getting my master's degree on straight ticket voting and it is primarily used by inner city folk and young folk. Um, makes sense. I mean, if you're going to vote at lunch on your lunch hour, you don't want to spend an hour sitting at a booth trying to figure out who to vote for mm-hmm. all the way down or have the time to literally just hit bubbles all. So those people, professionals and people who don't have the time or don't have the knowledge, um, those are the people most likely to go in and just vote for three, four candidates and then turn in their ballot and everything else is blank. Well, I think also it has a lot to do with people just not fully embracing the idea that local politics is so important. Right, and it's right. only the high profile races that they focus on. Right. Um, and so it's also just, you know, voter education and outreach that'll raise awareness. But yeah, I mean, totally, you know, just straight ticket voting definitely took a lot of votes away from, you know, those, those um, local race Democratic candidates right, for right. sure. Now, not to say that Republicans don't vote straight ticket when it was available. Um, 
but they are more likely to go through and check all the boxes than right. Democrats are because Democrats typically are younger. Yep. Um, okay, so fast forwarding to 2020, that was a kind of a watershed year in Texas. Um, I wonder why after the 2020 election, what happened? Everybody, all of, especially in the South, uh, started yelling and screaming, it's rigged, the election was rigged, they can't believe that Trump lost, all these things. And the, the reality is um, people didn't like Trump, but nobody's going to own up to that on that yeah. side, especially with Trump running around being a sore loser, which um, continues to go on even to this day, four years later almost. Um, so Texas went after voting rights hard in the 20. 21 legislative session like nobody's business they passed a whole bunch of crazy new laws um do you want to talk about those um yeah so um after the 2020 election texas went after voting rights really hard um added an id requirement needed a driver's license or social security number um for for your mail-in ballots which must match um, 24 hour voting is prohibited. Drive through right. voting is prohibited. And that was all really big in Houston, mm -hmm. where right. Houston uh, put out these crazy numbers. And of course, it all went in Democrats' favor. And they were furious about that, that Harris yeah. County had the nerve to vote Democrat. Yeah, know? well, imagine <laughs> that. Um, drive through voting was prohibited. Poll watchers um, were allowed to roam freely um, in polling places. Uh, proactive mailing of mail-in ballots by public officials is now illegal and is actually a felony. Yeah, which is weird. One, once yeah. again, that was something that Harris County did. Mm -hmm. You know, they mailed out ballots to people because they were registered to vote and right. they qualified. Yeah, yeah. Um, voter assistance must sign an oath that the voter is disabled or can't read the ballot. Right. Um, what is SOS? Oh, Secretary of State will do monthly voter roll updates looking for non-citizens registered to vote from um, the data. Right. Uh, so let's let's compare that all to, to California. We know that right. California is a democratic controlled state. Um, yeah. Uh, and so yeah. let's let's talk about what uh, what things look like over there. So. You must register 15 days before election day. Um, but if so you miss half. it, you can still vote provisional. Yeah. Um, you can register to vote online. Right. Um, you need an ID to register, but you don't even have to have it to vote. Um, universal vote by mail and ballots are mailed to everyone 30 days before election. Can y'all imagine that? I but mean, in Texas, it's a felony if you do it. Yeah. Wild, right? So. You can be our age. I mean, I, I'm not going to say how Some old I am. Some of us are older than others. Uh -huh. And get a ballot in the mail. And then you just mail it back. Yeah. And your vote ah. is done. Amazing. Imagine everybody, that. Everybody who's registered. The young ones and the old uh -huh. ones alike, right? Um, uh, parolees, you know, when right. you're a felon, you, you don't, you know, you don't get to vote. That's... It's pretty standard, but when you're paroled, your voting rights are restored automatically in California, whereas not so much in Texas. Right. Um, and what happens when voting is easy? Well, 81% um, of registered voters voted in California in 2020. So let's compare that to the 67% in Texas. And, and that was a bumper crop year in Texas because normally that number is way lower yeah. so 
you're talking, I mean, it's real clear here when you see why the GOP suppresses the vote, because if registered voters turn out, things don't go the GOP's way. I mean, there's just data point after data point. You can look at all these blue states and how they handle voting, like they truly believe in democracy and they want anyone who is eligible to vote to vote. They want voices heard. Right. Whereas in Texas, it's it's really more about keeping the status quo mm-hmm. and not letting people vote unless they're really, 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 really determined to vote. And that's that's what's maddening about living in the state. I mean the 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 hoops you have to jump through over and over. And then to know that the Secretary of State is actively involved in purging voters mm-hmm. um, based on the Texas DPS database, they're looking for any inconsistencies so they can purge you. So even after you get registered and you think, oh, I'm good, I can I can go vote, you, you need to get out there and check your vote and make sure you're still registered because they could have unregistered you. There are um, a lot of reasons why they could do that. Right, right. If you move and they find out about it, like they mail you a voter registration card and it gets kicked back, uh, they'll unregister you. You know, even if you just moved a block away and you yeah. didn't bother to re-register, they'll just unregister you and then you have to go through the process again. And I don't think people understand that. I mean, it's it, the goal here is to uh, keep people from registering. And despite that, mm-hmm. Texas has... 18 million registered voters going into the 2024 election, which is kind of impressive. But when you consider Texas has 30 million people in it and um, a much larger percentage of them are eligible to vote, we're still not doing our due diligence to get everybody registered. Well, so what do we do? We register everyone. We we just really drive for participation. And um, there are lots of ways that we can do that. We'll explore um, some of those ways to, to drive voter um, participation. But right. at the end of the day, we, we just have to uh, we just all have to uh, focus on voter outreach and um, raising awareness. And it's it's very important. Right, right. And Angelica and I both a couple of weekends ago went to Beto's Powered by People, um, his new effort to get out the vote. And they have realigned their priorities to uh, tracking down unregistered voters, getting them registered. And then the the critical piece of this, you can't just register somebody and walk away from them because that doesn't mean they're going to vote. You have to follow up and make sure that they go through the actual process of voting and they understand what else they need to do. And um, I think that's been like a big critical piece that is missing in Texas infrastructure because yeah. It's not enough just to get somebody registered to vote. Right. You've got to make sure they I actually mean, as demonstrated vote. they're they're not all going to going to vote. So how do right. we how do we drive them to the polls? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that at least covers, you know, I think we're going to do a kind of a regular series here um, on voting in Texas and what candidates do and um, we're hoping to bring in some guests and discuss um different things they are doing to get out the vote and what they're doing and how they're going about doing it and what works, et cetera. So we're hoping to start bringing that in here as the uh, year progresses. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you.